Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Lara May, a clinical pharmacist specializing in functional medicine, as well as a certified yoga teacher and Reiki master. I run a truly integrative health coaching practice, encompassing functional medicine lab testing, yoga and meditation, and a sprinkling of Reiki energy medicine. Join me here on Light Body Radio to break through your health plateau and come into alignment with your natural vitality. Hello and welcome to our latest episode of Light Body Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lara May, and today I have with me Neil Cannon. He is a best-selling author and wellness coach currently living in Mexico. He long suffered from debilitating eczema, receiving only symptom masking treatments before stumbling upon his own cure. By applying himself to his pillars of vitality, he was able to reverse his condition and discover that those pillars could be applied to virtually any common and chronic illness with extraordinary results. His mission is to keep helping people reverse engineer their symptoms and illnesses and balance their bodies across with his book and his digital program, The Inflammation Solution. Welcome, Neil. Thank you, Lara. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be on your podcast. Thanks. I love to get started with my guests uh, by having them just tell us a little bit about your story, your evolution, how you came to be teaching what you're teaching. Yes, I love this question. And as I'm sure you're aware, everyone I know who works in the holistic space has their own story of healing or recovery or knows someone close to them who has inspired them to go on this journey. So I come with my own story, just like you mentioned earlier with the eczema. I had that from a very young age, from a toddler. And I was always given these treatments that meant it would always come back. It was always symptom masking. So I was given these steroid creams, which have left pigmentation on my skin. Um, I was, well, you can see, but I know this is an audio version, but there's <laughs> pigmentation on my skin that you could possibly see. Um, prescription moisturizers, which really contain these nasty toxic um ingredients and also antibiotics when it got really bad which um whilst there might be a necessity sometimes if they're used too much they really harm them. the gut microbiome which is the one organ that you want to heal with That's any cool. kind of skin condition or anything in fact so it wasn't until my father suffered a stroke when i had my own wake-up call in a weird roundabout way he was my wake-up call so prior to his stroke I remember him being told he had chronic inflammation. The reason I know that is because his sister is a naturopathic doctor and my aunt. And he, I remember him telling me in the family home, in the kitchen, I remember exactly where we were standing. He said, I've got this thing called chronic inflammation. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it is. And then a few years later, he had a stroke. So I had this inner knowing, this kind of innate intelligence telling me that his stroke was avoidable. I didn't know where it was coming from other than seeing this word inflammation in books I was reading by that point, already being in health and fitness. But I just had this conviction that his stroke was avoidable. And I went about kind of researching this thing called chronic inflammation to see what it really is and why why wasn't he given the advice by his doctor to eradicate it? Because it didn't seem to me to be something very difficult to actually get rid of. So long story short, I read a few, quite a few books 
documentaries, watched lots of interviews, and very, very quickly it became apparent to me that chronic inflammation is the underlying cause of almost every chronic illness that exists. The reason for the inflammation varies from person to person. And, but ultimately the, the, the actual underlying condition is chronic inflammation. So depending on your genetic code, that's going to reflect, in my case, eczema, someone else asthma, for someone else diabetes, for someone else arthritis. It's that. It's that kind of basic, if you will. Um, I'm, I'm kind of saying it's basic. It's not obviously completely basic to reverse it, but understanding this doesn't need to be complicated. And what I realized was I could get rid of my own eczema. So the underlying cause of his, his stroke, the high blood pressure that led to his stroke, the underlying cause of his asthma he'd had since 12, which is a fully reversible condition, um, contrary to popular contrary to popular belief, um, that's when I discovered that it's the underlying cause of my eczema. So I was like, how do I get rid of eczema? Oh, I need to firstly start with an anti-inflammatory diet. So that's what I did. Changed my lifestyle, changed my habits, really got present and aware of the thoughts and emotions I was experiencing, which play a huge impact on the health of our cells. So yeah, very, very quickly, I eradicated my eczema. Um, I, can't, I can't use the word cure because if, if for whatever reason my body becomes toxic, it can come back, you know? If I were to consume some things that aren't meant to be consumed, there might be a reaction and therefore the eczema might come back. But I don't, I don't in, in the bio you read out, um, I just wanted to make that point because cure, needs to be a word really be, one needs to be mindful about using the word cure because it suggests Absolutely. that it never comes back mm -hmm. so eczema is a symptom just like any other name of illness it's a symptom so if my body is under you know more stress than usual or or like i said i've got some kind of toxin in the body or i'm exposed to a toxin it can come back for the most part it's gone and I don't really consider myself as someone who suffers from eczema. So, yeah, since 2015, I've been helping people reverse all kinds of chronic inflammatory health conditions by using the same principles. And that's the physical, mental, emotional, and energetic pillars of vitality. Fantastic. So I love what you said about the word cure. I feel like that word cure is definitely a Western medicine construct that even though we're in the holistic healing space, we've brought that in with its expectation of complete eradication. And while something can be reversed, like you said, if you go back to living and doing and being the way you were prior, then it stands to reason. Be and also the word you use because of your epigenetics and well, your genetic makeup, then it most likely will come back. So let's talk a little bit. I've had um, epigenetic specialists on my show before. I love the topic. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that from your perspective. How do you in integrate that into your um, treatment approach? Yes. So I, with everything I do, I just like to simplify everything. So epigenetics in its simplest term is really talking about the environment that we keep in our bodies. And epi, epi means above and genetics is below. So epi is above the genes. Epi means the environment. Genes is what they are controlling. Genes are like the hardware. Epigenetics is like the software. 
So epigenetics is the environment that we keep in the body. So it's not the genes that trigger the illness. We often think that we have a genetic disease or we have a genetic tendency because our parents had X, Y, or Z, or Z in your country. Um, so I think it's a very freeing thing to know that our genes aren't our destiny. If, even if my, what well, both of my parents have had serious illnesses, but there's there's no reason why I need to follow suit. We can come from a family of cancer or a family of diabetes or a family of whatever, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. It doesn't mean that you're going to get that necessarily. What what it means is that there's a, there's a potential somewhere in the in the field for that to happen. But if we can have a an environment in the body conducive to healing and which isn't toxic and which isn't inflammatory, there's no reason why we have to follow our parents' footsteps. So that is really empowering in my view. Um, and this is true for more than 95% of the population apparently. And I'm um, around four to five, in fact, some people say it's even less, some pioneers I'm very, very closely following, like Dr. Bruce Lipton, who I call the father of epigenetics, um, mm -hmm. Dr. Dr. Joe Dispenza, I'm going to his advanced retreat next week again. Um, some people are born with what are so-called so defective genes or genes that are fully penetrant. Um, I'm doing air quotes. Um, fully penetrant means that we don't have the, the power necessarily to override our gene expression in less than 5% of the population, i.e., they're defective but that's also not to say that even if one is born with a defective gene that one can't reverse that illness it just means that they weren't they didn't have the much power as to whether or not that was expressed so for the most part of the population more than 95 percent of the population that puts us back into the driving seat that gives us power so we can say okay it's the environment in my body that signals the health of my cells it's not my genes so what can I do for my environment so I can signal new genes in new ways? Absolutely. And one of the things you mentioned already is uh, eating in an anti-inflammatory fashion. And so when we think about environment, oftentimes we think about like what's in the room around us, what's outside the room in the building that we're in. But really our environment is our thoughts. Our environment is, you know, what we're putting into our body, what we're exposed to every day, our stress level, you know, and all of those things. So absolutely. 100%. All of those yeah. things. So um, you mentioned an anti-inflammatory diet. What does that look like for you and, and your protocols? So for diet, I always talk about going back to the nature codes. You know, nature makes no mistakes. Man makes mistakes. Man combined with weird thinking, let's just say, and money creates weird and dodgy mistakes. Nature doesn't make any mistakes. So we, if we get back to nature, we can heal ourselves, really. That is my ultimate, one of my ultimate, I was going to say beliefs. It's, it's a knowing, it's an absolute knowing that when we get back to nature, we can heal ourselves. So a lot of people are eating, and this was my case, but the most part of 30 years eating an inflammatory diet sorry yes an inflammatory diet so I, for breakfast i was eating a bowl of inflammation <laughs> i was having breakfast cereal with milk 
That's not a good combination for anyone who has eczema or any other kind of chronic inflammatory health condition. So one of the first things I did was I took out gluten and I took out dairy, and that had an effect almost immediately. And that has an effect on a lot of people. I can't say 100% of people. Um, some people, you know, all, everybody is different, but there are some things that work across the, across the board. Other things that work across the board are just going clean. So really being mindful about what is fake. Are we eating any fake food? Are there any artificial flavorings and preservatives and chemicals? Are there ingredients on the ingredients label that you can't even pronounce? You know, what, what am I drinking? Am I, am I eating fried food? Is there, is what I'm eating not in alignment with nature, basically? If it's been tampered with, if it's GMO, GMOs are really bad news. I can't say across the board, but there's, there's some things which are really bad news. Like GMO corn, GMO soy, GMO cottonseed, they're really bad news. And the testing that got them approved, this is interestingly similar to what's going on currently. The testing that got them approved was three months when Monsanto had their various uh, products approved. Three months isn't a long enough incubation period for anything to be tested. So more conscious, intelligent people uh, tested their grains. For a longer period of time for 24 months and for 12 months 24 months within six months 12 months 18 months 20 months onwards they were getting all kinds of tumors these rats and mice were getting tumors all over their bodies and this is just a demonstrative example of what happens if we mess with nature so gmos are a good idea not to include in one's diet so if i'm in america for example I'm, I'm more strict than I am in England or more strict than I am if I'm in Italy or France, because in America, the the grain has been messed with. The wheat grain has been messed with. It's gone through a process called hybridized. Well, it's, it's hybridization, but it's actually called mutagenesis. So they have um, interfered with the proteins in the wheat grain and um, whilst what they have created is brilliant for the agricultural industry because it means they can yield more in less time. Crops used to be about a meter and a half tall, and now they're dwarf crops, so about a meter, sorry, about a foot tall. So it's good for the money, it's good for the agriculture, it's not good for our guts. And and then it's Roundup ready, like to adult to add insult onto injury, it's been completely tampered with. So a lot of people, <clears throat> excuse me, in America, I'd say the majority of the population could benefit from taking out wheat unless it's a true ancient grain. So some people can go to Italy, for example, or France, and they can have wheat and they don't get affected as much <laughs> or knowingly. And mm -hmm. just, just anecdotally, I've got friends and people in my network who can relate to this. They'll go to Italy, they'll, they'll be fine. They'll go to America, they get bloated and they start having pains in their joints. And it's just one change in what they're eating. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Just, just a few examples of what can cause inflammation. Yeah. Yeah. I was diagnosed with IBS when I was 23. Officially, I had been having issues my whole life that I just thought were normal, which definitely weren't normal. 
And now, uh, so one of the things that I did too is the first was gluten, then was dairy elimination. And exactly like when I go to Italy, I can have um, a little bit of pasta. And the more I heal my gut, the more, you know, I can have when I'm in a different country that has good agricultural systems. <laughs> but I'll also say at least in the US, I know there is a resurgence of local farmers that are using heritage breed uh, seeds. And so they're not the Monsanto. So if you have, if you're lucky enough to be in America and you live near a farm that you know produces these products, definitely support those local farmers mm, because they are doing this with intention. They want to have a healthy agricultural system that's good for their families, that's good for the communities. So there's definitely, um, and that, you know, extends also to meat products. I have uh, friends and family both that um, will breed like heritage breed pigs and heritage breed turkeys. And so, and they, you know, raise them in a beautiful, healthy environment with no antibiotics and no hormones and any of that That's stuff. Huge. So, so it That's is awesome. Yeah. I love yeah. that you just said that because it's, it's, it's easy to just blanket. Yeah. It is yeah. available. One just have to, has to look for it. Yeah. I, I, I almost blanketed the whole of America then, but of course there's still conscious farmers out there. I mean, I'm, and people you're absolutely doing a great right. And in, in like the whole of, you know, big, I, I call it big ag, like big pharma, big food, yeah. big yeah. ag. Absolutely. Um, I completely agree with you. And I think that's, that's one of the reasons I love doing this show and do, and inviting guests on like yourself that are experts, because it's important for people to know and to understand and to, you know, like, let's pull back the wool and really see the truth. And so, cause so many of us, our countries and let's get out there and support them because the more we support them the more they'll be able to sustain their themselves and grow and maybe 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 i'm you know being a little sunshiny here is that we can start to reverse the tide <laughs> maybe it's a little too optimistic but <laughs> well you know we've got to have hope right and yeah there's a few documentaries that could really help raise awareness of this one is gmo omg and the other one is Farmageddon. I mean, there's many, but I just recommend those two right now. Yeah, you could really get an insight as to what's happening in the in the industry. It it will blow. If if this is new to listeners, it will blow your minds what happens in the agricultural industry, how these farmers are being treated by big agriculture, as you're calling it. Yeah, <clears throat> and I'll even say, like, I'll even, you know, maybe even defend some of these farmers too. I think they're bullied and pressured a lot. Yeah, totally. Um, especially even like in their crop choices. You know, if as sometimes in order for them to survive, they have to take subsidies from the government. And when you do that, you are being told what to grow and how to grow it. And so, yeah. unfortunately, they're forced with these decisions that take their autonomy away. And um, that's really unfortunate that even our government, who should have some pretty good scientists <laughs> working for them, uh, you know, because these the the way that this farming happens is not sustainable or good for the earth either. And so it's just yeah, ironic to me. Yeah, the whole uh, thing's ironic. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. The, the word science, I'm very mindful about that word right now. A lot of what we 
the mainstream believes let's say this in a more delicate way a lot of <laughs> what is presented to us as science is really science spelt with a dollar sign yes absolutely it's mm -hmm. propaganda it's agenda and like you say there's bullying that happens with the farmers bribery and this happens in the pharmaceutical industry as well in in various industries um initially it's shocking but once you once you find out it's freeing there's a there's a saying that says the truth um will piss you off sorry first the truth will piss you off but then it will set you free or something to that effect i, think it's <laughs> okay. I, was like, I thought it would set you free the truth shall set you free but first it will piss you off that's right that's right excellent yes i love it i love it all right so how can we reverse engineer our chronic illness i feel like we've started down that path a little with um involving what you call the nature codes into our food what else do we need to know or do to reverse engineer our chronic illnesses yeah great question so i touched on or you touched on the four pillars what i call the four pillars of vitality so physical mental emotional energetic at the at the beginning most people start with diet it's just the easiest way to get results quickly i would never say diet is the the cause the root cause of illness what i would say it's like a catalyst so if the gut is weakened for whatever reason food can help so much to rebalance the gut and get rid of symptoms many people can get results simply by going to an anti-inflammatory diet however i now understand I, i've never have said this seven years ago i i put diet at the lower end of the hierarchy if you like i call it the hierarchy of healing so physical is absolutely essential to address in well it is essential to, to address so you've got the diet you've got the exercise you've got to look at what toxins might be in your environment external to you and internal to you so external uh you could be you, your house could be on a chemical plant or next to a chemical plant you might be next to an electricity generator or you might be next to a cell phone tower or you know that there could be some fumes you could be in a very very toxic city for example so there could be environmental toxins affecting your body that's the external internal there's there could be internal toxins there could be parasites there could be fungi there could be there could be infections there could be a big one which i always address early on is the mouth because our teeth play an imperative function in the health of our body uh, because we are we are electrical beings and every one of our organs are on different electrical meridian circuits and these these electrical circuits go through our teeth sorry yes the electrical circuits go through our teeth and our teeth act like circuit breakers so if you can imagine in your home you've got that fuse board the consumer unit we call it in the like in the uk i used to be an electrician so when i discovered this it was like boom 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 got it all now <laughs> so mm -hmm. the yeah, everything was just became so clear to me in one 45 minute presentation when i discovered the body electric there's another story about how i discovered this but think of your think of your house why how, how it's wired up with different different rooms on different circuits it's similar in the body we've got with different 
you know, in the house, maybe an oven in the kitchen, you got oven, fridge, and different different appliances on different circuits. In the body, we have different organs on different circuits. And each of those circuits go through our teeth. And again, our teeth are like circuit breakers. So when I discovered this, I got sick for a month. I had something very mild. It was a cold I couldn't shake off. Um, but it was annoying. And I was living in LA and I had plenty of sunlight, essential for our health. And I was doing yoga every almost every day. I was working out. I was fit. I was eating an anti-inflammatory diet. I was vegetable juicing every single day. I was thinking, why can't I shake off this cold? This is annoying. And I went to a kinesiologist and he tested me and very, very quickly he said, these three, he pointed to my face and he said, these three teeth on the right-hand side of my face, which is where I used to hold my cell phone, were quote-unquote depolarized. And I had no idea what that meant. So he told me then that um, we're electrical beings and all of our circuitry goes through our teeth and our teeth act like circuit breakers. And when something is depolarized, it means the polarity is flipped. So imagine a battery, you've got positive and negative one, one end, you flip that upside down, that's not gonna be good for the circuitry. That's what happens in the body. So my teeth, where I held my cell phone, three teeth had become, quote unquote, depolarized. And he said, that's affecting my immune system. So the treatment was lasers. <laughs> he shined lasers on my teeth and my immune system got to action, cleared up my cold in days. Um, it was remarkable. So then I thought, so I just started thinking, this is just cool. You know, if we can, if we can understand the role of our teeth in our body and think of us as electrical beings and electrical circuits, we can literally reverse engineer as you do an electrical system in a house. Mm -hmm. If a light starts flickering in a house, my job as an electrician would be, okay, figure out why that light is flickering. Why is there not enough power going to that light? We know from a body electric standpoint that a characteristic of all chronic illness is low voltage to an organ. In other words, in layman's terms, not enough power going to an organ, the organ in question of the disease. So why is there not enough power going to the pancreas in the case of type 1 diabetes? Why is there not enough power going to the, to the, the gut? Why is there not, not enough power going to the lung? Whatever, whatever it is. And in a house, you'd say, okay, there's not enough power going to that light. Why is that light flickering? Oh, we have a dodgy light switch. Let's replace the light switch. Or the wire's corroded. Let's, let's replace the wire. In the body, we've got to think about what is dropping the voltage in our circuits. And there's a number of things that do that. One of the main things is toxins. It literally drops the voltage in the body and insufficient cell fuels. And there's another one, which is probably the biggest of all of them, which is trapped emotions. So trauma, AKA trapped emotions. The word trauma tends to kind of, uh, what's the word? Trigger something in some people because they don't like to think of the things that have caused them trauma in the past. Think of it as energy that gets trapped that you, and you don't have to go and relive an event. Think of it as just energy. If we can release that energy, because we're, if we have an experience in our lives, which jolts us, it takes us out of our out of alignment. It takes us out from being in a place of peace and calm and love and care. It jolts us. 
that can leave an energetic imprint in the body and that they can get stored anywhere in the body so with a little testing with a little reverse engineering one can find out where the emotions are stored which organs they're stored in there's a slogan that says the organs weep the tears the eyes refuse to shed we need to get the emotions out of the organs so the voltage can raise can rise again so there's more power going to the organs in question so that's a big piece of reverse engineering i've just yeah. spoken for a long time <laughs> yeah no that's fascinating so i agree and um it's funny i use some of these same approaches and uh perspectives with my clients as well but um and it's funny i've heard about the body electric before but i have never really explored it so um so can i, I make a recommendation yeah absolutely well my next book a <laughs> which is the vitality <laughs> code but um there's there's a brilliant you know i just like to share information if it's gonna if it's gonna change your world i just like to pay it forward there's a brilliant um presentation on youtube called healing is voltage it's okay. 45 minutes long the guy uh the doctor is called dr jerry tennant and the moment he started talking even though it might be a little over one's head depending on your learning style like some of my friends just didn't get it at all um which is totally cool because we all have different learning styles and different strengths mm -hmm. or whatever the moment he started speaking it resonated with me it was like boom bombshell everything he was saying really resonated and i do share that with all of my clients early on in the training or in the in the coaching because it can change everything it simplifies everything yeah and, and i i think just even the concept of like that we hold our experiences our emotions yes trauma um and you know there's big t and little t trauma uh, yeah. So like, even something as mild as, oh, you know, like maybe you had a fight with your sibling when you were really young, but if that left, thought, yeah. left a lasting impression on you, it totally. could, you know, like, so you store that and you store it in different places of your body and we're all different. And like you said earlier, it's the epigenetics that will trigger, trigger the way something presents itself an imbalance and inflammation. So like for you, it was eczema. For me, it was IBS. You know, for other people, it could be asthma or, you know, use that example too. So this is also, it's it's all linked up. And this is what I love about your system, your pillars of vitality, is that it illustrates that connection. And so like where we're storing this stuff is usually where our inflammation is presenting itself. And it's coming up so that it can be cleared. All we have to do is listen and take some action. I totally. Think. <laughs> 100%. I laughed earlier when you said an argument with your sister or the sibling because I use exactly the same analogy. Oh, it that's can, funny. <laughs> it, it can be that, you know, we, we think of that as small, little t, as you say. I, I, I literally, yesterday, I used the same example when I was being interviewed. I said, you might have had an, an argument with a sibling when you're five years old and it's left some energetic imprint in your body mm -hmm. or a parent often slightly bigger t <laughs> but it's yeah. um it's just understanding that we do store this this memory 
the body is like a, an intelligence, it's its own memory bank. And <clears throat> with a little kinesiology, which is phenomenally powerful, a good one, a good kinesiologist, like everything, there's good ones, there's not so good ones. Mm -hmm. There's good doctors, not so good doctors, there's good oncologists, not so good oncologists. It, find a good one. Some people say to me, oh, I tried this, it didn't work. And I said, well, that was one example. Let's try another one <laughs> or try me. <laughs> um, and let's see what happens. Some of the best healing practitioners I know in the world use kinesiology to get to the cause. Right. And for my uh, listeners out there, that's yeah. also called muscle testing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, and there's a brilliant book on this, by the way. If it sounds woo woo, there's a brilliant book called Power Versus Force by David Hawkins, Dr. David yes. Hawkins. And they've, he's, he, the whole first section of the book is talking about the scientific studies of, of kinesiology. Yes. So it helps to kind of establish more confidence in it. So one can go, oh, okay, that makes sense. The body goes strong on a yes, weak on a no. So if you can ask the body yes and no questions on anything, you can get, a, you can get an answer. The body is its own intelligence. That might be kind of weird and hard to get your head around because we think of our heads as being our intelligence. We actually have our head intelligence, we have our heart intelligence, we have a gut intelligence, and we have intelligence in the whole body. Yeah. And it's um, across every cell. So th they have done these studies that the, the muscles will be stronger uh, by a certain percentage on a yes and weaker on a no. Um, so a good one can help people get to the cause of their illness and many people I've interviewed on my own podcast recently tell me that they they use that that um process so yeah. um it just cuts it just it can save years worth of suffering years I, yeah. it's just everything has a cause every illness and you alluded to it earlier is well we both talked about it it's a symptom every illness is a symptom it's like a warning light that's what you alluded to earlier, I just remembered. So it's like, if we don't listen, if we don't go, right, what's the, what's this symptom telling us? We're missing the point of the warning light. Mm -hmm. So in a car, we'll, the oil light might come on. And if we just ignore it, what's going to happen to the engine? It's going to get worse and worse and worse. If we go, if we take the car to an electrician, so they rewire the oil light, Maybe not, not such a good example. Let, let's just stick with it. If they just rewire the oil, oil light, instead of changing the oil, it's going to miss the point of the oil light coming on. Mm -hmm. We have to go to the mechanic to get to the cause, to change the oil, to do what needs doing, so that that oil light goes off as it's meant to, not just masking it, not just turning it off You know, at the, at the surface level. Yes. That's, that's how I use so the warning yeah. lights in the body listen to them and then if you don't then if you just ask the body what's behind this what's behind this warning light yeah and i just want to go back a little bit too just to reinforce for for all of you fantastic listeners out there too that some of what we're discussing might sound a little woo woo but there's actually empiric evidence research behind it and it has been studied and proven. So yes. uh, Dr. David Hawkins is a fantastic example. There's another book that's actually by him also called Why Woo Woo Works. Mm. I love that book I've because it goes one. through a several different 
things that are considered woo-woo. But again, he goes through the empiric evidence that we have. And, you know, it, so there is a reason these metaphysical things work. Love uh, it. I'm going to write that down myself. I've not read that one. Yeah. Uh, okay, great. I love this conversation. It's it's fantastic. So do, I guess maybe this has already been answered, but I'd really like to hear um more about it from you like do we need to know the exact reason in order to heal huh good question so i would say yes because we don't let's say it is a traumatic event in our lives we don't need to go and relive the trauma but it would be good to know if that energy remember we are energy beings we are electromagnetic energy beings that trauma has left an energetic bundle of energy in the body we don't need to go and talk about that event we don't need to relive it there's a term in um, neuroscience that says nerve cells that fire together wire together in other words if we keep on talking about the same event over and over and over again it gives more and more energy to the very thing you don't want to give energy to and that becomes more of a problem in the body and for our mind, for our emotions. We want to get rid of that energy. One of Dr. Joe Dispenza's sayings is a memory without the emotional charge is wisdom. It's not going to have that same effect on the body's health once it's been transmuted. So coming back to your question, do we need to know? I think we need to know yes because it's, it's getting to the actual cause there's lots of things that we could do which would say uh mitigate symptoms so for example diet you know a lot of people can just go on an anti-inflammatory diet and they for the most part they'll be fine so is, is it necessary to go any further i think so because wouldn't it be great to to be able to eat more things <laughs> and have a stronger immune system and have a stronger gut and have more options um because really underneath the the inflammation in the gut is is the cause some people can be let, let's give it two extreme examples someone who's chronically stressed not moving eating shit food and just sitting in an office all day under fake light <laughs> There's lots of things going on at the same time that's going to cause that person, and highly stressed, you know, I've already said highly stressed. Lots of things are going to go on at the same time, causing that person to be um, immunocompromised. Another opposite end of the scale, you've got a, a Zen master who's just chilled the whole time. And if they're, if a Zen master, well, let's go back to the first example. If that person in the office who's, who's sedentary and is stressed eats bad food, then the bad food is going to have more of an effect than the Zen master. There's argument to say that the Zen master, you don't, you don't have to become a monk and sit on top of a mountain for 20 years. You can just get better at managing thoughts and emotions. The more Zen we are, the more calm we are, the more we're able to eat the things that um, otherwise we wouldn't be able to eat if we're chronically stressed. Because the stress is what weakens the gut which makes us more susceptible to those food types. 
for example, Dr. Joe Dispenza at um, his advanced retreat, he 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 mocks the whole gluten-free movement. He mocks yeah. he mocks the all. <laughs> he's like, yeah, you and your gluten-free. He's like, he's Italian. He loves his gluten. So I yeah, mean, I, I think he respects <laughs> his body. Um, but he, the point he's making is, if you are immersing yourself into this field of intelligence, into the quantum, and you're super zen and but it's a work in progress always for me and all of us. Um, oh, yeah. The more that we're in that state of mind of calm and tranquil and peace and, you know, then ultimately, the more adapting our body is, the more permitting it is to these different food types. Yeah. So I think and this is taking us perfectly into uh, one of your other of the four pillars, um, the emotional, the mental and emotional, uh, because, you know, and you brought up the example of the Buddhist monk. And really, like when we think about a monk and we talk about even the word Zen, what is that? That's like non-reactive. That's an observer. That's someone mm -hmm. that, you know, like, so I think the important thing to take away from this is that it's a practice and that we can do this through not only meditation, but awareness, just slowing down to be aware of ourselves. How are we reacting? What are those thoughts that we're thinking as we're, you know, having those reactions? Or maybe we're just observing other people in, you know, like just even that awareness and like reflecting that back on ourselves. And I think this is really important because when, you know, what happens physiologically in our body when we react, when we're stressed, that's what creates the inflammation, right? Completely. And, yeah. and you mentioned earlier, like you like to keep it simple. I agree. Um, but I also like to at least give, you know, those uh, of our listeners out there that might not be scientists themselves, at least an awareness of that connection that when we are stressed, we're anxious, depressed, sad, any of those things, it raises certain chemicals in our body, usually epinephrine or norepinephrine, those fight or flight chemicals that raises cortisol. Cortisol is part of our stress response. And if it's constantly elevated, then the inflammation is happening. It's normal for us to have a little bit of a bump and that's fine. But when you're constantly up on that level, then that's when it becomes damaging. So the trick is how do we live in this world and witness some of the things that we witness without internalizing it, without holding on to it, without then again, like having that constant reactivity replaying in our heads, right? Because I think that's what causes the chronic stress. We talk about all these chronic conditions, but chronic stress, I think, is one of probably the most prevalent that we can all relate to. Yeah, 100%. All, everything you just said, I totally agree with. We It's often spoken about how illness, most chronic illness, 90% of chronic illness is down to chronic stress. So then we say, okay, what is chronic stress? And this also ties back to your question, is it necessary to get to the cause? I think it is, because what makes us stressed ultimately? Because what is stress? Stress is our perception. In other words, it's our internal response to our external environment or mm -hmm. external strains. I, I came across that definition. I think it was in a book, Flow Living at the Peak of Your Abilities by Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi. 
and it just really resonated because a lot we just say oh, i'm stressed that put this person's stressing me out or i'm stressed i'm stressed people overuse this word what is it because that's mm -hmm. what i really help people with the emotional emotional part because <clears throat> if we're not careful we just start using that word and it gets us out of everything like without ever taking any uh what's the best way of saying it I, 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 I wanted to use that word but not want to use it because it because it might um deter people but that, that's the word i wanted to use responsibility yeah. what is the stress what is the stress so it's our reaction to our external environment let's say i always use the traffic jam example so two people can be in traffic or they can be driving to work and then they're, they're met with an unexpected event called a traffic jam. And suddenly they're late and two people can be in a completely different response. One person can call ahead, call the boss, say they're gonna be late, traffic, and then just chill out, listen to some music or a podcast, your podcast, Vitality Secret Podcast, <laughs> whichever one, and just relax in that experience. And their body is just remains healthy, strong, resilient. The immune system's fine. They're not living by the hormones of stress. Compare that with someone else who is in exactly the same external circumstance. They're late for work and they start what we would know as stressing. And they start weaving in and out of traffic. They start swearing and causing road rage and effing and blithing and swearing. Mm -hmm. And you can virtually see the veins popping out of their foreheads and their necks. And you can see, you know what's happening to their blood pressure. And by the way, I'm guilty of this. 20 years ago, I used to just get angry with no, terrible yeah. drivers. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> now, I'm just, now I'm in Mexico and everyone drives 50% of the speed limit. And it's just <laughs> like, okay, I'm just going to chill now. Um, so the, the, the point is two people can have a completely different reaction to exactly the same circumstance. So what is it that's making one person chilled and the other one reactive to that experience? And then it helps to kind of peel back the layers of the onion and find out what the underlying cause of the trauma is. What is the trauma that's causing someone to be so reactive? PTSD is something that causes someone to be very reactive. And um, of course, like you said, there's big, big T, little t. Some people have been through some of the most horrific things in their lives. And, you know, 20 years later, they find themselves to be very reactive. So, while we need to be mindful and loving to ourselves to, to absolutely acknowledge what is not okay to have happened mm -hmm. um it really helps at some stage to transmute that energy because if that energy stays in the body it literally can get stored in organs that can lead to dis-ease as well as making us reactive to our everyday environment and it might be like you, you know, used the example earlier when you're a sibling, five years old. It could be something like that. Uh, and for other people, you know, I've spoken to a number of women who have had some horrific things happen to them, and there's there's absolutely nothing okay with that. And I encourage always for them to do the trauma release, and the, mm -hmm. but I, I use the word trapped emotion more because it's just thinking of it as energy, and reminding them they don't have to go and relive it. They don't. They, that doesn't have to happen. Um, and also there's the emotional 
intelligence side of things. I've, I've attended Tony Robbins events and without doing the trauma release, I have witnessed women reframe their events without doing the energy stuff, but literally mm -hmm. just find new meaning for their events. Yeah. Um, and witnessing them made me think, oh my goodness, I've got nothing to complain about here. But of course, all of our traumas are, have different meanings for all of us. Right. Um, so I, I have seen firsthand young women reframe what has happened to them and create new meaning. And there's a whole process to go through this, but it's very, very empowering. And um, it's it's extraordinary seeing transformations like that. And there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of techniques that we aren't. One last thing, I was just going to say, there's a lot of oh, techniques yeah. that we don't, we're not faced with or not presented with in our mainstream way of doing things. You know, some of the therapists, some therapists and some psychologists won't have received that kind of training. And just attending a Tony Robbins event, just one example of a number of transformational programs I attended, which mm -hmm. just are not mainstream, but they're so powerful. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. To, yeah. That's, I just wanted to say that. Sorry. Oh, for sure. No, don't. No apologies necessary. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was just going to say, like, processing, just yeah. finding a way to process, not relive, but process um, and allow those emotions, just at least allowing the emotions to move through you. And I also have been to uh, Joe Dispenza retreat and, mm. you know, some of those you know, powerful experiences are, you know, I think it, it gives people that chance to give themselves the permission to feel, to finally feel the emotion, mm. you know, and allow it to move through them. And once it's moved through you, then it's gone. And I think then it does allow you to see it in a different perspective, in a different light, and maybe yeah. see what you gained from it, what you learned, how it maybe, even though it was horrible and horrific, maybe it made you a stronger person, a more resilient person, yeah. um, you know, all the things. And um, so, yeah, definitely like gentle with yourself, no judgment, but also just allow yourself that space to feel the emotion, feel like tune in. Where is it in your body? What does it feel like in your body? Does it have a texture? Does it have a weight? Does it have a color? Mm. Does it, you know, like all of these, you know, somatic things that exactly. you know, can be super powerful. And because totally. it at least brings you in, it not only brings your attention to the emotion, but it also brings you into your body. And there's so many ways that we're disconnected from our body these days. And so I'm a big fan of anything that brings you back into your body, breath work, yoga, exercise, but just even attention, self-reflection can bring you back into your body and it can be so powerful and so healing. Totally. Um, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned breathwork. I've been leading breathwork for the last couple of years and it's very, very powerful for people. Oh yeah, when you were telling um, the story about the traffic jam, my, my thought was, mm -hmm. and I bet they're not even breathing. I bet they're holding their breath. Yeah, shallow <laughs> breathing, exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. Fight or flight, yeah. yeah. I, I love everything you just said about processing the emotion. It's it's very um, common to want to avoid the emotion. So distraction is most common, whether it's TV or alcohol or smoking or drug, whatever. It's, it's normal that we'd want to just distract ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, from a transmutation of the energy perspective, 
I like to kind of use the, the surfing analogy. You know, once you're, when you're surf, I'm, I'm, I'm a kite surfer, but someone gave me this surfing analogy when I was coaching him actually as a surfer and I was helping him kind of uh, connect the processing of emotions with surfing and riding the waves at different stage of the waves or at different stages of the processing of the emotion. If we can allow ourselves to experience the emotion, ride it out, let it be, we are emotional beings. We can't just ignore them. We can't suppress them. We can't just pretend nothing ever happened. Mm -hmm. We need to ride the wave of the emotion and sit with it. <clears throat> and like you're saying, experience what's coming up in the body. And one of the a recent teaching I heard was actually more going more esoteric, but she she was channeling and she said, for her, the, the best way to process any emotion is to sit with it in mm -hmm. in silence and really feel it in the body. Because once you feel it and you're feeling it and you're feeling it and you're feeling it, you can then let it go. It gets naturally transmuted out of the body. And, you know, just calm breathing can help with that as well. There's, all, there's also other forms of breath work, which is more kind of intense and they cause shaking in the legs. And that's one of my favorite ways to, to do trauma release as well as plant medicines and such mm -hmm. like so um there's many ways to skin a cat as horrendous as that saying is but it's oh, um yeah i mean <laughs> and that's what's so wonderful about so many of us that are teachers and facilitators is that the way that something's approached either will resonate with someone or it won't and you know there's sort of like uh, I guess another way would be like the Baskin Robbins the 31 flavors there's a flavor out there for everyone yes so like, yes exactly. you know, like I went through a period of time where I was doing EMDR therapy which is nice. a type of trauma processing therapy um but also too I really enjoy the the um the somatic way of just tuning in and letting your body vibrate and tell you what's you know where it wants your attention to go and and what is going to come up with that and you know and for me i pair that with with more spiritual work and more of that energy work of clearing with light and love and i work with the angelic realm so that's mm. one of the ways i do this with my clients but you know like there's multiple ways and if the point is is that if you resonate with it and it's effective for you then do it that way <laughs> You know, like, and, and don't yeah. be afraid to explore new ways and, and try new things and, and see, you know, you never know what can, you'll have your mind blown again, like a Joe Dispenza event or a Tony Robbins event, or, you know, any of these teachers out there, because we're all trying to help all of us feel better to be more productive, to be healthier, to be, to thrive more on a daily basis. And so there's lots of tools and I encourage all of you to find what works for you and do more of that. <laughs> yeah, um, totally. totally. So tell agree. us where people can find you. Yeah. So my website is vitalitysecret.com. It's a secret without the S it's singular vitalitysecret.com. And they can access my book at vitalitysecret forward slash book or vitalitysecret.com forward slash book. And there's also opportunity for an online program and to hire me as a coach consultant, um, all on the website and book a discovery call there. Fantastic. And your book is on Amazon also. Yes. 
It is also on Amazon. The 2016 version is on Amazon, and the latest one is coming out, I think, within two months. Okay. Uh, it's going to be called the Vitality Code, and that's the four pillars. So the 2016 version is really talking about inflammation, what it is, and how to reverse it, predominantly from a dietary perspective. Also, okay. exercise and managing stress, and grounding, all those things. Uh -huh. Fantastic. Anything else that we didn't touch on that you want to um, bring up before we conclude? Yeah, I mean, there's there's obviously so much to the healing journey. What I would what I'd just love to say is the. I feel like there's a reward at the end of the journey, which is not the end. It's like further down the way. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and one one of my friends in my breathing group I've been leading for a few years. After one session, he said, he said vanity is the gateway to consciousness. And I thought about it for a second, and I thought, okay. And I and I, I kind of agreed, and then I thought. I've got a better one, which I put in my book. I see sickness as the gateway to consciousness. Mm -hmm. When I say consciousness, it's like discovering like a whole new way of life mm -hmm. compared with the mainstream. The wake up call is it can be an incredible awakening where we discover so much magic that is available to us that we have had no um, experience with before because of various reasons we don't need to go into but there's so much the other end of the tunnel if you like mm -hmm. and all i would encourage is just like you were saying you know dive into it find what works for you and enjoy it it doesn't have to be a painful process it can be really quite enjoyable the vitality journey as i call it it can be really enjoyable and most people i've interviewed who have reversed so-called incurable illnesses have come out the other side being grateful for the illness because it gave them a new doorway into a whole new way of living mm -hmm. where we experience us as ourselves as energy beings in these physical bodies where we understand we're connected what where we can understand we can manifest with energy we can heal ourselves with energy it's so much i'm getting goosebumps as i was saying this oh, so yeah. that's that's how i'd like to end it, it, yeah. it gets to be fun and exciting. It really does. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was a pleasure. Uh, this was a fantastic conversation. Um, I definitely love to have you back on to talk about your new book or even just talk more about all of these things that we, you know, and some of them we like barely scratched the surface on. So <laughs> I'd love that. I'd love that. Yeah. It's awesome. been a really well, wonderful conversation. Thank you, Lara. You're so welcome. Okay, everyone, definitely go to Neil's website, vitalitysecret.com. Check out his book at vitalitysecret.com forward slash book. Keep your eyes and ears open for his new book release. And if you are intrigued by this conversation and want to work with him, that's vitalitysecret.com forward slash coaching. So, and we will um, catch you on the flip side, everybody. Bye.